Praise God. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome good morning. to Gospel Saving Church. Yeah, it's good to be here today. It's good to see all these bright and beautiful faces this morning, all shining bright. Mm-hmm. We thank you. We want to thank the Lord for bringing us all here today in this gorgeous day, Dallas, Texas. And you know what? Let's uh, prepare our hearts for the Word by a word of prayer, and um, and then we'll start our message. Oh, Lord of heaven and earth, King of heaven and earth, we just thank you for bringing us here today, Lord, and thank you for this gathering of the saints, Lord, and we thank you for the building of your kingdom and the building of this church, Lord, and the, all that you're doing in each one of our lives, Lord God. I just echo prayers already today that have been prayed, Lord. I just I pray for us to be united with one heart, Lord God, and one mind to do your work, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that this work for you would continue to grow. And, Lord, it would continue to prosper as you see fit, Lord God, whenever I'm ready or whenever we're ready, Lord God. Whoever needs to be ready, Lord, make us ready that everything may continue to grow, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done for us so far, Lord. I pray you prepare all the hearts that will ever hear this message right now, Lord God, whoever will hear this message. I pray you'd prepare our hearts now and the people's hearts whenever they hear it, Lord, that their hearts would be ready to receive the good seed that's going to be sown today, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, as always, Lord, your word says, it's not the hearers of the word that are blessed, Lord God, it's the doers of the word. So, Lord, I pray that as we hear your word, we wouldn't just hear it, Lord. I pray we would do it. I pray we'd be doers of the word, Lord God, and not hearers alone. Lord, give me the ability that I need to bring this message across powerfully, Lord. And as it was very powerful for me to hear it, I pray, or for me to, to, to make it, Lord, and to get get it from you, Lord, I pray it would be just as powerful and more powerful to those that will ever hear it. And I ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our one true Savior. Oh, amen. So today's title of today's message is, Where's Your Treasure? Where's your treasure? As we continue to move on through the Sermon on the Mount, if you guys want to open up to Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read just three verses of our text today as far as what we're going to read today out of the Gospel of Matthew. But then as we'll find out later, we'll read many more. But this is just the opening three that we have that are it's going to set the stage for what God is really saying to us here today. So you guys are all there. Open up Matthew chapter 6. We're going on to verse 19. We're going to read 19, 20, and 21 today. And then we're going to teach. So Jesus says in verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your hearts will be also. So Jesus switches up 
his topics on us just a little bit today from the last three weeks where we talked about spiritual hypocrisy and alms, prayer, and fasting to a different topic, but it's no coincidence, the topic of spiritual treasures or treasures in heaven. As we see in verse 20, he says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So it's no coincidence that Jesus teaches this idea right after the last three sections that we studied. Remember, we have the hypocrite. He's the pretender. He only does things so that people can see him. And remember, Jesus said, do not be like that person, for they what? They have their reward from people. This person only did their works for God to be seen by others. Hence, he got no reward from God. He got his reward from people. But remember the reoccurring statements that Jesus made in each one of those sections he taught about, where he taught us about if we served God in the right way, well, let's look at them. Go back a little bit to uh, Matthew 6, where we taught about these. Go back to alms, first of all, and that's going to be 6.1 and 6.4. Jesus says in 6.1, otherwise, speaking about alms, Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. And then in verse 4, he goes again and says, that your charitable deed may be seen, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So that's speaking about the spiritual reward that Jesus is talking about here in 19, 20, and 21. For prayer, we have 6, 5, and 6, 6. We have, Jesus says in 6, 5, I say to you, they have their reward. Speaking about when people pray and to be seen by men, they have their reward. And in 6, 6, and your heavenly Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Another one, for praying, praying the way God wants you to pray, as we saw there very plainly, God says, I'm going to give you rewards openly. And for alms too. And then in 6, 16 and 6, 18, we read, Jesus says again in 6.16, I say to you, they have their reward, speaking about from men, as far as fasting is to be seen. And then 6.18, as far as fasting is to be concerned, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So again, so just reading these texts in a plain way, which is exactly how God wants us to read the Word of God plainly, we can see that... Uh, we can easily see that if we serve God in the ways that He desires us to serve Him, He's going to bless us with heavenly rewards. So we must stop there. We must pause. And we must think. We've already seen it. We're going to see some more. Just give yourself three seconds at the most. I'm going to give us three seconds to think about God giving us people at all, treasures in heaven. Now, think about that. Our Heavenly Father is so loving that He desires to give us treasures in heaven when we serve Him His way. So check this out with me. Christ came down and paid the sin penalty for us wicked Wretched sinners. He died a brutal death on a cross. They buried him three days. He went to Hades. And he rose again the third day. 
So not only in doing this, he also gave mankind everywhere the opportunity to get saved so that we can walk with him now and forever in peace and be with him always, as Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians 5, 9 and 10. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. And sleep means in the context, the Greek word means to die. So whether we're awake, whether we're alive, or whether we sleep, when we die or whether we're, we're going to be with Him. Whether we're alive now, one day we're going to die and go to be with Him. Or whether we die now, we're going to immediately leave our bodies of the soul and go to stand before God now. So whether or not we're alive or dead, we're going to be with God. That's what the Bible's saying to us there. Now, as if that wasn't enough, he also, once we decide to live for him and surrender to him or take his course of action and take his plan of salvation and surrender to him and get saved, he gives us the pleasure of serving him. Okay, there's one more. And if that wasn't enough, died for us, can give us eternal life if we come to him, gives us the right to serve him, if that even wasn't more than, if that wasn't already tremendously enough, what does he say now here? He gives us treasures in heaven. If we just live for him and serve him in the proper ways, he will give us treasures in heaven. And I remind you now, he doesn't have to use us to serve him. He could use the angels. He already says in his word that all creation testifies of him. That's just kind of like the intro as far as belief goes and that kind of thing. He doesn't have to use anybody. He could, he could just speak from heaven. Hey, wake up. But he doesn't. Why? Because he chooses to use us, to transform us and to use us. Now, come on now. Think about it. He gives us treasures just for serving Him now when we get to see Him. If that doesn't make you excited, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Because we don't deserve anything. Shouldn't heaven be enough? Shouldn't just getting to be spending all eternity forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and add forevers to the end that you die without taking a breath and then that still won't be long enough. Shouldn't that, with Jesus Christ, shouldn't that be enough? Just getting to be there and just getting to bask in His presence? Just getting to just lay down at His feet and just sit there for a million years? Just chilling out, just relaxing, no more pain, no more crying. Isn't that enough? I think it should be. I think it should be. Throughout the years, I have consistently, and you guys can pray for me on this, but I've held consistently one ought with God. Consistently one thing I've had against God for years. And you want to know what it is? This very subject here. I've said it more than once. I don't think it's fair for Him to give us rewards. I just don't think it's fair. I think what he's already given us, a chance to have peace now, life with him everlasting, I think that's enough already. Personally, I believe we don't deserve anything. 
If I was, let's say, God's advisor, I'd be like one of these bean counters for these big corporations. You know, well, uh, Lord, uh, you know, uh, I think it's enough that you just give them a chance to have your mercy and your grace and your love for these wicked sinners. Your amazing love and forgiveness and eternal life, that's enough. God, I, I just don't think you should do that. I, I, you know, I, I think uh, you should just withhold those things and keep them for yourself. Now, would God listen to me? And is he listening to me now? Of course, he hears everything I say. But of course, he's not going to listen to me. He's all love and all light and complete light and complete love, unlike me. I don't, but I just think I don't deserve, we don't deserve anything. But this isn't the only place that Jesus talks about giving us Awesome things, Matthew 7.11. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him. Jesus also says in the Gospel of John 14.1-2, let, let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now think about it, folks. It took God six days to make all creation that we know today. And if everybody looks at the creation, they go, wow, it's pretty amazing what God made that in six days. Jesus has almost been gone for 2,000 years. Imagine what place that that's going to be. He left to prepare a place 2,000 years ago. He's still preparing that place. If we think this is good for six days, just imagine, let your mind wonder, what almost 2,000 years of him preparing a place could be for us. Wow! Wow! What place is that going to be? What place is heaven going to be like? Oh my gosh! Hallelujah! Amen. Revelation twenty-two twelve. Jesus speaking about when he comes back and when he comes to grab us back toward the very last moments of all creation. And he goes, he says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So he's even bringing rewards when he comes back for the church, when he comes back for people that are still here. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11, God is wanting to give people rewards. He's wanting to bless people with spiritual blessings and Eternal rewards as we read here. I, unbelievable. Unbelievable. God is amazing. Now, one of the reasons I think it's not fair, Ephesians 2.10. And I'll explain. In Ephesians 2.10, we read about kind of salvation, how it happens, by grace should be saved through faith. That's 2.8 and 9. But 10 says... 10 says kind of what, what our job is to be like once we're saved. He says in 2.10, Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So before anyone has ever gotten saved, ever, from Adam and Eve to today, all the people that are saved today, God prepared good works that Christians, the people who would come to serve him, would have to do. They would, they would go ahead and they'd walk in those good works. Then all we have to do is do those good things that he prepared for us to do. And that he commanded us in his word, go do those things. That's all our response is to be. And then just for being obedient... Yes, Lord, I want to serve you. Oh, Lord, my heart, I want to serve you. Amen. He says, you know, awesome. 
I had them there for you to do. You did them, hallelujah. You were a good prayer warrior. You you evangelized enough. You, 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 you fasted and shook my face. You did all these things I wanted you to do. Amen. Here's your reward. What? We get a reward just for doing what we're told? I would think it's enough just to be obedient. Hey, amen. I was obedient. I got a, I just got to be obedient. Hey, your love is enough. But he says, no, that's that's not enough. My love is just not enough. I want to give you rewards. Amen? Amen. My brain doesn't compute. It just doesn't compute. Why? Why? God's, are, God's ways are not my ways, that's for sure. So the Lord has good works the saved are supposed to walk in. As long as we do them with a correct heart attitude, as we read in the last three sections, He's going to bless us with eternal rewards according to verse 20. But lay up your treasures but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And according to that verse 20, those rewards that we're saving up in heaven will never, ever, ever, ever fade away. Anybody ever really gotten a good bonus on your check here on earth? You did a great job that week and you got a, a couple hundred dollar bonus and you're like, all right! That bonus is gone right away. We spend that bonus up quick. It's all gone. It goes away. But here, according to verse 20, those bonuses that God gives us just for serving Him never, ever, ever fade. We can never even use them up. They're for us for all eternity. Whatever rewards that God has for us in heaven for what we do for Him. They never go away. I just can't get over it. But now, you know, we always have the amazing things of God, which are always amazing things of God. But we still have us here now and our lives that we still have here now that we have to deal with. Remember I've said in the past that Jesus never wastes his words. Look what he said in verse 19. Do not lay up for do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So now, he never would have said not to store up treasures on earth if we couldn't do it. Jesus never wastes his words. If he said not to do something, he meant it. If he said we could do something, it was a possibility we could do something and we can do it, we can blow it, we can mess it up, we can still mess things up or we can still have great things. We can still do great things for God. It's up to us. Where are we at? Where are we going? Where are we, what are we focused on every day? Ephesians 4, 30 and 32 said, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Whenever God says, I want you to do something, and you know it's God speaking to you, and you know it's something God wants you to do, and you just flatly, plainly just don't do it. I went to a church in Florida at one time, in Sarasota, and they had a little kind of they had a little kind of ceremony like in the beginning of, of or during worship where 
I get. I don't. I don't want to call it a ceremony. That doesn't. That doesn't sound right. They had a little practice. Let's call it that. They had a little practice every before every service during worship. Uh, somebody in the church would walk up to the pastor because he sat in the front row because that's where he when he would jump up to the front row as soon as he was ready to preach. And they would go 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 with him, put their hand on their on his shoulder, and they'd walk him up to the altar, the steps of the worship stage or whatever where he was going to preach. And they'd kneel down with him and they'd pray for him. Before the service, just to pray, to get his heart ready, to pray, to get him right. Well, one day, God spoke to my heart. Now, I had only been a Christian just a little over a couple years. And God spoke to my heart. And we had just, in fact, started to, started to go to this church. We weren't there, man, I don't even think we were there a year yet. Maybe there were just a few months. <clears throat> and God spoke to my heart and he said, Ed, I want you to go up and pray with him today. You go up and put your hand on him, and you go up and you kneel with him, and you pray for him for the service. And you know what Ed did, being a little shy, brand new babe in Christ, Ed was like, oh Lord, is that you? Oh Lord, I just don't know if that's you. Lord, I'm going to call myself out. Everybody will see me. Oh Lord, everybody's going to see me walk up there and put my hand on this pastor and go kneel. And, oh Lord, I just don't know if I can. Oh Lord, I don't know if I can, Lord. Oh Oh, oh, I, I, well, Lord, I, I just can't. And I wrestled for about five minutes with, with the Lord on this and everything. And guess what happened? In the time I was wrestling with the Lord, he called ahead and called somebody else. And that other person came up there and put their hand on that pastor. And they went and they kneeled down. And that guy prayed for that pastor. And guess what? I lost my reward. Because God wanted me to do that. But did I do it? No. Because I was too proud or shy or whatever you want to call it, whatever sin it is, I was in sin and I didn't do what God told me to do. Period. The end. So that's just one example. I have many more, unfortunately. So the next verse I'm going to bring up about this kind of topic. Jesus doesn't use this next verse in context, but according to my, like with my ministerial experience, it's Matthew 22:14. Jesus is speaking about another subject, but you can apply it to this uh, subject here. For many are called, but few are chosen. And all the years I've been doing street ministry, all the years I've been I've been ministering for the Lord, not as a pastor, but as a street minister, all the years I have had so many people approach me and say, Oh, Ed, we want to go with you. We want to do what you're doing. Would you show us what you're doing? Would you take us? The Lord is really calling me. I feel called to, to street evangelism, to go out and reach people for Christ. And I'd say, yeah, sure, come on, brother, let's go out. I'll train you up, let's do it. So that one outreach witness would come, and we'd go, and they'd be there and not say much and everything because they're learning and all that. And, and guess what? Many people, the majority of people that ever came, in fact, only made it once or twice. Or then there's those that would come up and approach, Oh, Ed, I really want to do this. Oh, Ed, please take me with you. Oh, I'll go with you. I'll do this. Okay, man, hey, we go Friday night. All right, I'll, I'll call you. About 15, 20 minutes before we're ready to go out, guess what happens? Oh, Ed, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't go. I had something come up. Sorry, I just can't do it. And then I never hear from them ever again. They never even enter in my life again. So look. Many are called, but few are chosen. God has lots of things. Ephesians 2.10. Lots of things for Christians to do once we're saved. God has many things for us that we're called to do. But many are called, but few are chosen. Many people choose to grieve the Holy Spirit and just say, I'm not going to do that. 
eh, you know, I, I don't know if that was the Lord. And instead of being obedient to the Lord and going to do what the Lord called them to do, they just flat out, just don't do it. Grieve in the Holy Spirit. Many are called, but few are chosen. It's very, 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 very sad. And you either A, in those situations, you either A, lose your reward in heaven, or you just flat out disobedience, which, as we just said, we should just say, yes, sir, Lord, whatever you want me to do, yes, sir, I'll do it. Here I am, Lord. I think it was Jeremiah that cried out, here I am, Lord, send me. And then show up to whatever God's wanting you to do. Now there's a very powerful parable that Jesus gives us that has both good news and bad news for us on this very subject matter we are studying today. Look at me to this beautiful parable that really embodies the section of Scripture. It's Matthew 26, 14. So let's go over to Matthew 26, 14. We're going to be in uh, 14 through 30, so you can flop there if you want. And we're going to actually close on this idea. So this will be kind of, we'll camp out on our humanness and our failures toward the end of our sermon. We talked about how good God is and He has it there for us and He's such a good God and He's such a loving God. He, require, he, wants, us, he wants us to bless us, but we still have to walk in that obedience in order to attain those spiritual blessings that He has for us for all eternity. So Matthew 26, 14, and I'll kind of explain it as we go. For the kingdom of, of heaven is like... So notice whenever you hear a parable start out, for the kingdom of heaven is like. It means that this is kind of what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. So we're going to read about a Lord in here. That's going to be God. And we're going to hear about servants in here. And that's going to be people. That's going to be us. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. So he called them all his servants and he delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents and to another two and to another one. To each according to his own ability, as or and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Verse 19, After a long time the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So notice, the one with five, remember they all gained according to their ability. The one with five went out, traded, worked, gained another five. The one with two went out, gained two more, and he guessed, so he had four. The one with one buried it, dug it up, there you go. So verse 19, so he had received the five talents. So after, in the verse 19, and after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So it's like God coming back. So he had received the five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. 
Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Where does the description for that place sound like to you? Sounds like hell to me. Plain interpretation. Whatever you have been given from God, you better be using it. Because if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Plain as that. It's a real heart condition here. Read back with me the whole of the verses of three again of our today's scripture. 6, 19 through 21. But do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we know that we only, that we only get any eternal treasure by serving God and doing it His way and not ours. So taking these verses plainly, according to Jesus here, we are either deciding to store up our treasures on earth or living a self-serving or self-centered life or we are deciding to store up treasures in heaven, living a God-centered life. Jesus says it plainly in verse 21, For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where are you working to store up your treasures today? Heaven or earth? The person in that parable that Jesus gave about the talents didn't even work at all with his Lord's talents. He buried it. Now, if that person wasn't working to increase his Lord's talents or his Lord's talent or his Lord's kingdom... Whose kingdom was he working at advancing? It certainly wasn't God's. It was his own, of course. The parable, this parable of the talents was a perfect picture of those that stored up treasures in heaven and those who stored up their treasures on earth. What did Jesus say to those that stored up their treasures slash talents in heaven? Well done. Good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. You have been faithful with the little. Come on in. I will make you ruler over 
much. And what did Jesus say to the one that stored up his talent slash treasure on earth? You wicked and lazy servant. And then because he chose to build his own kingdom, Jesus gave him the reward of hellfire forever. So I ask again, where are we storing up our treasures today? On earth or in heaven? Which kingdom are you building today? Yours or God's? Whatever kingdom you are building is where your heart belongs according to verse 21. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Examine your life right now, please. Deciding to live for Christ is a choice. Who are you choosing to live for today? Who are we choosing to live for today? On a daily basis. In the immortal words of the great man of God, Joshua, to the Jews long ago that still stand for us today, Joshua says in Joshua 24, 14 and 15, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, Choose your, for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Sure, we have different names for our gods today, but nevertheless, they are still gods if we live our lives for them and serve them and don't serve or live for Christ. Period. The end. Jesus said it, not me. Wherever you store up your treasure is where your heart will be also. Christians, examine Everything you do in life is either A, building God's kingdom, or B, building your own kingdom. If God tells you to do things, which He has lots of things in His Word told us to do, then we ought to be doing them. We ought to be doing them. If you see today that you are a person that is bearing the knowledge God is giving you of Christ, then you are the last servant that wants to build your own kingdom and not God's. And you will send yourself to hell because you won't take a step and serve God for His kingdom to build His kingdom you're too busy and too worried about building your own kingdom. Who do you want to please? Who do you want? You're going to, we're all going to stand before the same God when we die. We're all going to stand before Jehovah Jireh, before Jehovah, great king, the great I am when we die. 
Some God will say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Others he'll say, be gone from me, I never knew you. You practice lawlessness. Those practices of lawlessness, they had some good religious deeds that they did. We'll read about it in Matthew chapter 7. But they weren't about doing God's will. They weren't about practicing and building God's kingdom. Those that don't build God's kingdom, look at what Jesus said in that parable of the talents. You wicked and lazy servant, cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, just like the Bible's message from cover to cover, you either serve God or you serve yourself. Wherever you stand today, I pray that you will stop serving yourself and you will start to serve God. And I'm just going to say it just like Joshua did in Joshua 24. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Please decide today to serve the Lord, not to serve yourselves. The reward for serving yourself will be eternal flames and fire. The reward for serving Christ and be obedient to Him will be eternal riches and glory with Christ Jesus and whatever else He's got for us. Please cry out to God wherever you're at. Let's pray. Lord, thank You so much for giving us this Word today, Lord. Thank You so much for how plain Your Word is. It's so simple, so plain, Lord. You gave us your word and you just said, here it is. You're either building your kingdom or you're building mine. And Lord, your word is so plain. Our hearts are wherever we're building our kingdoms. Our hearts are either with our own kingdom, building our own kingdom, or our hearts are with you because we're working at building your kingdom. I pray, God, for anybody that's listening to this message ever, wherever, whoever, whenever. And I pray, God, they would examine their lives today as I ask every one of us in this room to examine our lives today. Who are we serving? Who are Which kingdom are we working at building up? Our kingdom or God's kingdom? Lord, I pray each one of us would examine ourselves and say, are we going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Or are we going to hear, Wicked and lazy servant, cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I just pray, Lord God, that you would move in hearts the way you want to move in hearts right now with this message. And whoever's going to hear it. And people would consider who they serve right now. And if they're not serving you and they can look at their lives and they're not serving you or they're, ta- they're, they're taking their talent because everybody gets a talent, Lord. All the people get a talent. Everybody gets the faith. Everybody gets understanding of you. What are we doing with that understanding of you? Are we burying it? Or are we going out? Are we doing something with it? Work in people's hearts right now, Lord God. Draw all men to yourself. Save souls, Lord God. Save souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.